Hello, and welcome to the Squeaky Clean Energy Podcast, brought to you by the North Carolina Sustainable Energy Association. I'm your host, Matt Abel. Hello, Squeaky Clean listeners. Welcome to the 103rd episode of the Squeaky Clean Energy Podcast, where we bring you the latest in North Carolina clean energy news, policy, and more every two weeks. On today's episode, we're diving in and covering the recently approved Power Pair Solar and Storage Pilot Program recently approved by the North Carolina Utilities Commission. But before we do that, I've got a brief update to share. Calling all Western North Carolina listeners, coming up on Thursday, May 16th, NCSEA will be hosting our annual Clean Energy in the Mountains event at Highland Brewing Company in Asheville, where we'll gather clean energy stakeholders from across the state to talk about the current status of customer clean energy programs and the policies incentives necessary to enable behind-the-meter deployment. Plus, we'll have plenty of great entertainment and drinks to enjoy as you get to network with colleagues from throughout the region. Make sure to get your tickets now on NCSEA's website before they sell out. We're including a link to registration in today's show notes. And now, on to the show. Clean energy. Clean energy. Now it's time to dive into more detail about the recently approved PowerPair program, which is set to provide a fairly significant upfront incentive for new solar and storage customers. And to help us talk about what specifically that incentive looks like, we're bringing on a rooftop solar installation company who's been in the game for quite some time here in North Carolina. So with that, let's jump right on in to introduce our next guest. Our guest has 17 years of experience working in the solar energy industry in North Carolina. He has been with Southern Energy Management all 17 years, serving in a variety of roles from installer to project manager to director of sales. Our guest holds the company's NABCEP technical sales license and leads his team in best practices for residential design for solar and storage installations. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Graham Alexander of Southern Energy Management to the Squeaky Clean Energy Podcast. Graham, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, I appreciate it, Matt. Looking forward to uh, talking through some of the details here. So Graham, to start off, can you tell us a little bit more about Southern Energy Management and how long the organization has been around and the, the services that you provide to customers across the state of North Carolina? Yeah, certainly. So we are a North Carolina-based company. We have a a team here of about 200 folks now that focuses on solar energy installations, both residential as well as commercial, on one half of our business. The other half focuses on energy efficiency and building science. So we work with builders all over the state, certifying homes, Energy Star certification or other third-party certifications, duct testing, blower door testing, making sure that new construction homes going up are built as efficiently as possible, and then We also do that on the multifamily side around the country. On the solar side, we are North Carolina boots on the ground. Well, really boots on the roof company doing solar installs. We've been doing this for 22 years now. So we've seen a lot of exciting ups and downs in the industry over that 22 years and been proud to be servicing clients for that full time, both new systems, fixing old systems changing with technology. So excited for the the next evolution of where solar energy is going here. You mentioned ups and downs. I've, I've heard 
one of your co-founders, Maria Kingery, talk about the solar coaster quite a bit. You all have experienced that firsthand as we've gone through a lot of different iterations of incentives that are available to to customers here in the state, you know, really starting with the the state investment tax credit and the the Duke Energy rebate program that we had available at the beginning of the the 2020s and then now some of the changes to to net metering and then soon to be the power payer program. So to get into the meat of the conversation here, the North Carolina Utilities Commission recently approved the, the terms of a new pilot program designed to provide an incentive to residential customers uh, in both DEC and DEP territory who install solar and storage. So at a high level, can you tell us about the program and the specific incentives that will be available starting a little bit later this spring, early summer? Yeah, certainly. This is an exciting one. This is this program for me and my 17 years in this industry here, it's one of the one of the ones I'm most excited about simply because it, it is is a partnership, we believe, with the utilities and, and moving everyone forward in clean energy and smart grid technology. So what what we see on the power pair program at a at a 30,000 foot view is an incentive, front end incentive from Duke Energy, up to up what we're seeing is nine thousand dollars for homeowners to install solar plus storage. So a very significant financial incentive on the front side for homeowners who are looking not just to produce clean energy, but also to store it in their home. So this is going above and beyond just the traditional solar system we've seen in years past to adopting new technology with storage. So there's there's the front end incentive as well as the secondary piece is a potential for monthly incentive to put these homeowners in a partnership position with Duke Energy to allow their utility to control their batteries during critical peak periods. I'll do my best to try to stay away from acronyms and spell everything out, but basically when demand is high on the grid, that Duke can pull energy from the homeowner's battery into the grid to supply the grid with clean energy that was stored the day before. So both that front end incentive as well as the monthly incentive for that control would be the two pieces to the puzzle from a financial perspective. So you mentioned by your calculations about $9,000 in total incentives that could be available to a customer. How significant are these in the grand scheme of installation costs? Can the customer expect to see a significant savings overall if they're eligible? Yeah, absolutely. So that $9,000 will scale depending on the size of the solar array, the size of the battery. So that $9,000 is, is the ceiling that, that a homeowner, a single homeowner is going to see. But we expect most to be pretty close to that. And that's, that's going to be about a third of the cost taken care of with that front end incentive, potentially. So anywhere from with, with the front end incentive, as well as the 30% federal tax credit that's still available to homeowners, those two pieces will take care of right at, if not more than 50% of the overall cost of a system. So high level numbers of $40,000 solar plus storage system, by the time you have factored in the, the federal ITC, the federal tax credit, as well as that $9,000 center from Duke is taking care of bring taking care of half and bringing that net cost down to at or a little bit less than $20,000. So one thing that that is of note here about this program is that it is a pilot program. So it's not a, a program that's in place in perpetuity. Although I think we would love to see something like that, you know, looking further down the road, especially from the advocacy perspective at NCSEA and, and some of our rooftop solar members. But given the fact that it is a, a currently a, a pilot program, 
Are there limits on the total amount of projects that would be eligible for the incentive? And can you talk a little bit more about the program caps for, for each utility territory in North Carolina? Yeah, certainly. So yeah, so be, being it is a pilot, we think it's actually one of the most sustainable rebate programs we've been able to partner with Duke on simply because there is there are there are strong benefits to Duke Energy for the way this program is structured with the battery controls. But what we're what basically high level what we're gonna see is two different caps, one for different territories of the Duke Energy world, really Raleigh and East being Duke Energy Carrot progress and then the middle of the state being Duke Energy Carolinas, then you get all the way to the west side of the state and you see Duke Energy progress again. But high level numbers, there's what we see 30 megawatts for DEP and 30 megawatts for DEC. So if you're not in this industry, you, you, you don't really often talk in megawatts. What we see is our expectation is that is going to be somewhere between six and 9,000 homeowners who should have access to this rebate across the state is depending upon the size of the solar array. So not a small program, but not unlimited by any stretch of the imagination. So we are excited to see it open up. Don't expect the rebate program to go for for years and years. We'll be a first come, first serve as we get through this initial push. So that's where we're certainly encouraging folks who've considered something like this. You're going to want to be on the front side of it as there is that capacity limit for that six, five, Six to 9,000 homeowners is our best guess. So let's talk about timing of the program. I think that's going to be on a lot of folks' minds right now. Given that we we recently had the program approved by the Utilities Commission just a few weeks ago, what does timing look like in terms of when it'll roll out and customers are eligible to start to enroll in the program? Do we have any idea yet around timing and around the application timing and then also timing for systems that would be eligible for the program? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great question. And there's still some details out there that we're looking to finalize that we should know a lot more in the coming weeks when the official tariff is filed by Duke Energy Carolinas, Duke Energy Progress. We expect that to be a nice Valentine's Day clarification. So we expect mid-February, we see that tariff and that'll answer a lot more. But right now, we still are aiming for a May 8th application open. That would be the time that homeowners can apply for the rebate. There is potential, depending on how the tariff is filed, that homeowners can go ahead and install their system before then and still be eligible. We are already working with homeowners today who are signing up saying, yes, this makes great financial sense. Let's do it. So we're working with homeowners and getting designs and permits and interconnection numbers. So there's certainly stuff that needs to happen before that May 8th to be able to apply on the first day of the application. The application period is set to be open for about a month when everyone can apply. And what's going to happen in that first month is everyone goes into one big fishbowl. If the capacity is reached in that first month, then there will be a randomized selection process. We believe at this stage with the data we have that it would be a far stretch to expect that the capacity be reached in that first month. We expect it to go well beyond that. And for that first month, it is a first come first serve basis when your application happens. So we're, we're not in a, we're not running out of time yet, but we're, we are at a place where we are really strongly encouraging homeowners to begin the research process and find the system that works for them so that all the administrative front end stuff before the install happens 
can get in process to make sure they're at the front of the line. So for, for folks who, you know, have been tracking the rooftop solar industry fairly closely over the past couple of years, there might be a little bit of PTSD when you think back to the rebate program that was available, you know, a couple of years ago. So I'm curious if, you know, this, this program will have some similarities between sort of that application window that we saw, you know, last go around in which, you know, by, by some estimates, I think one out of every 10 customers who was applying for the rebate actually received the rebate. And so what I'm hearing based on, on sort of your initial analysis here is that it may not be that competitive given the higher program caps and bigger rebate amounts that we have available to us here. Is that correct? Or do you anticipate it to be, you know, fairly competitive like the last go around? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, there's a little bit of crystal ball looking here, but for the most part, I, I, yeah, I've lived through a lot of rebate programs and I certainly hold the scars and we are at Southern Energy, we, we, we work hard to be as transparent as possible with the data we have. Some of this is a little bit behind the scenes, but by in the next month, we'll, we'll everything should be very clear. I, I'm going to be more bullish on the side of, I don't see much risk for those homeowners getting in in the first month, two months, three months. I'm, I'm working hard with my clients and getting education out there for folks who've contacted us over the past five, 10 years to say, hey, if you're interested in this, calling in November, next November is going to be a pretty big risk. But getting this moving in the next couple months, I don't see it. To go back to the past last rebate program we we had, it was a multi-year program. The first year it was out. We we didn't have much issues. It filled up in a couple months, but it was first come, first serve, pretty straightforward. As more education, more publicity, more marketing went into it, then then it filled up faster and faster, and that's where the flaws were exposed. I believe this one's pretty well intentionally designed to not see that same aggravation level that homeowners had that. I had that the NCSEA had um, from the last rebate go around. So I'm, I'm bullish on this one. I think we're in a great spot to make sure the expectations are clear for homeowners and actions taken by homeowners and, and getting designs, everything moving the next couple months. I'm pr- I feel very confident that there, there's very little risk in accessing that front end rebate from Dakota. So going back a little bit to the, the actual incentive itself, as you teed up towards the beginning of the conversation, there there are two aspects of the incentive here. So there's the upfront incentive available for installation costs of both solar and storage, but then there's also the ongoing incentive that's available to customers for allowing Duke to control their batteries during certain events throughout the year, up to a maximum of 36 events each year. So Based on Duke's own filing for a 10 kilowatt battery, customers could be eligible for $442 a year in incentives. So I guess the question here is for for customers who may not necessarily feel comfortable with providing control to Duke, I know this has been a topic of conversation around demand response for HVAC systems, for example. Do they do those customers have another option available if they don't necessarily want to hit, to relinquish control of their batteries over to Duke? Absolutely. So that was a really important factor for us as we were, worked on the design of this program and advocated for our customers these, these options. So really, it's going to be critical from a 
designer perspective, Southern Energy talks to our clients to say, hey, what, what are your ultimate goals here? And how, how involved do you want to be in the program or how hands off? So we see two really strong swim lanes and it really is going to be homeowner to homeowner. An option for them to say, yes, I'd love this front end rebate. I'll take it. But I'm not interested in giving Duke control over my battery. I'm, I'm making this purchase for my own security protection against grid outage and really just to maximize my home's independence and self-production. And that's, that's, that's called cohort A is how it's termed right now. Those homeowners will be able to optimize their, their system with time of use rates so they can program their battery to really make sure they're maximizing their financials that way and using their battery when energy is most expensive with Duke Energy. And the battery will provide that savings through automated controls for most battery, most battery manufacturers. Those homeowners who say, hey, yeah, that monthly incentive makes a whole lot of sense. And I'm more interested in being, at least in the short term, part of the, the greater solution and giving Duke control when needed with the hope that the, the ultimate design that we see is that the, the utility, the Duke Energy in this instance, can pull power from those batteries during, the off, during critical peak period times in lieu of turning on a peaker plant, building new plants. So we're excited about it from a big macro level. And I think there are a lot of homeowners will see the benefit to that not just from a financial, but also from a qualitative, hey, what am I trying to accomplish with this investment as well? So we also think it's great. There's an opportunity to change different co- between cohorts every two years. So this is not locking you into you're stuck for the next 10 years, telling Duke, letting Duke do whatever they want, not by any means. So there you can change every two years if you change how you want to use your home or what you need to do in your home. But it's going to be critical just designers speaking with homeowners about their goals to help advise on which path makes the most sense. Yeah. I'd love to, to, to talk a little bit more about sort of the macro picture here and maybe get some insight as to how you are advising some of your customers right now, you know, just in terms of your advice to them when they're considering going solar in, in 2024, how, how do customers stand a fair with installing rooftop solar and batteries this year as compared to, to years past, you know, factoring in this new power pair program, IRA incentives that have been expanded and extended, and then some of the changes as it relates to, to net metering as well. Yeah, I, I answer those. I thought the other ma- major factor that's, that's driving action for folks is technology as well. So we've seen a lot of movement on battery storage technology in the last 12 months that that we didn't see, I haven't seen in the last 16 years in my time doing this. So yeah, from a, from a, just a perspective of where net metering is, the incentives available, what products are available, the changes and improvements in battery technology. This is as good as I've ever seen it for folks who want a holistic turnkey solution to provide them that independence provide them that security and provide them an opportunity to be part of the bigger solution. So that we haven't, we just haven't had the technology or the financial incentives in place before. So this 2024 is as good a year as I've seen it to kind of to check all the boxes. We've had great years where solar made a lot of financial sense with, you know, back when we had a North Carolina state tax credit and it was, it peaked and it boomed there on our solar coaster, all indicators right now, with this program, with the technology we have, 
with rates increasing, ever increasing for North Carolina homeowners for just buying electricity makes the investment in solar that much sweeter. So it doesn't, I don't see the box that says, hey, we're in a downturn. Everything I'm seeing pushes pushes the opportunity for homeowners to, to maximize what's available to them right now. I want to go back to the point you brought up earlier about battery technology improvements. I'd be curious to dive into that a little bit. What do you mean by that? What are what are some of the the improvements that we're seeing here in the past twelve months that really excites you about the direction of residential storage? Yeah, so this has been something we've we've just been watching for so long, and finally got to a point where, for me, talking to homeowners, most homeowners love the idea of that security but do not want to be chemical engineers or uh, electrical engineers to know what the heck to do with this system. So I'm again, bullish on the technology that there's, there's the main, a lot of the manufacturers have made the battery storage side really smart, but also really reliable in a way that a homeowner doesn't need to know anything besides for how to turn on their phone, look at an app and say, this is how I want to use my battery this day or this season, whether the focus is on, resiliency and grid outage protection, or whether the focus is on independence and maximizing their self-consumption of their solar, they can do that daily with almost every manufacturer, major manufacturer I've seen out there. So changes in lifestyles, battery can adapt. Changes in goals from a financial, from a security, the battery can adapt. So the controls, the reliability, we're, we're very excited with what we see. For, from a, just a perspective, three years ago, we probably had batteries on 5 to 7% of our jobs. Two years, it climbed to 20% of our jobs. Last year, is about 40. We do expect that between 80 and 90% of our jobs will include battery storage this year. Well, you, you answered the next question that was on my list, which is a pretty significant jump for, for storage. I know. Uh, so let me, let me ask you sort of a, a follow-up question to that primary sort of customer motivations for installing batteries three or four years ago? Was that really just within the realm of resiliency? And then now we're, we're sort of shifting given the fact that there are some real financial incentives in place to drive customer adoption of, of storage. Is that sort of kind of that, that sort of transition that you're seeing here from more of a resiliency sort of environmental sort of motivation previously without much financial incentive attached now having the financial pieces that are really driving customer decisions here. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that wholeheartedly. Again, five years ago, the, the folks looking for resiliency had to also be really smart in how they used it. Battery technology was designed to be a two to three times a year emergency usage. And now it's, it's, it's certainly, it can hundred percent do that but it can do 15 more things as well from a daily time of use load management to just providing maximum financials on making sure they're self-consuming most of their energy rather than sending it out to the grid to also now with this program, Duke now sees the value in it and Duke's paying people to be able to use this battery. So this is a brand new step, at least for here in North Carolina. We are excited. We see it happening in other parts of the country, but this is a recognition that this solar system is producing clean energy, obviously during the sunshine, but with the storage in there, this clean energy is stored to be used whenever it's needed, either by the homeowner or potentially by Duke Energy. So the shift is, is strong. I've, I've, this is 
as big of a shift in the industry as I've seen in a long time as far as how homeowners are interacting with their systems. And we're excited to see homeowners do want to interact with their solar plus storage versus the systems of years past, which is put your solar up, it'll work, leave it alone, don't touch it, don't look at it, it'll save you money. That's great. We're excited that more homeowners are are excited about learning about it rather than just investing in it and being involved in the system and how it works. Great. Any Anything else that we're missing related to PowerPair that you think would be important to cover? For Southern Energy, what we've seen in years past when this amount of money gets involved, I, our, our strong caution is homeowners, do, you, do your research. Like anything, you know, any big government program or utility program, there's going to be a lot of data out there. Whatever Reddit says or whatever's on online, do your research, especially with Duke, every utility is different in every state. So it's, it's going to be really important that homeowners look to a reliable resource in CSEA. Southern Energy will constantly be updating our website with blogs, with our newsletters. We are likely to be holding at least twice a, twice a month Q&A sessions with our designers of what do we know? How does it work? So certainly navigate your way to our website to see what the latest information is. So, and happy to be a resource on that Q&A side. So just, just there, there's nothing specific on the power pair right now that I would add to it, Matt. I just would caution, hey, make sure you're talking to someone you trust that's local that knows knows the kind of where the program came from, why it's happening, what's going to happen in the future. Because as we talked about rebate caps, there's we don't want to get in a scenario where people are expecting one thing and getting another. So we want to make sure that commitment is clear. But I think there's a, there's a lot of excitement around this for from our company, and we're poised to to staff appropriately for what we expect to be a very strong demand, um, given the financials and given what the technology allows. Now, so. Well, great. We'll, uh, we'll make sure to include in the show notes for today's episode, a link to SEM's website to a number of the resources that they've already put together on PowerPair and some of the other changes that have gone on in the, the rooftop solar industry over the past couple of years. So you can stay up to speed with all the latest there. And, and again, you know, to, to your point, Graham, making sure that customers are working with and reaching out to reputable local installers. NCSEA's put together a number of resources as well to help in that research process, including our solar code of conduct in which we list out all of the, the residential installers who have signed that, that code, ensuring that they're practicing ethical sales and marketing practices on behalf of the customers here in the state. And then we also have our North Carolina Consumer Guide to Solar which outlines a lot of the questions that you should be asking of your installer should you be considering solar and storage at this moment here in North Carolina moving forward. So with all that being said, Graham, I, I really appreciate you taking the time today to, to join us and outline what's to come with PowerPair. I know you all, as you mentioned, will be doing a number of Q&A sessions and webinars related to this program too. So if, cu- if customers have additional questions, I'd encourage you to reach out to Graham and, and his team for for additional clarification on what this program could potentially mean to you. So Graham, with that being said, I want to thank you for joining us on this episode of the Squeaky Clean Energy Podcast. I love it. Thanks a lot, Matt. It's a, it's always fun to come on here and make sure we're getting the, the right information out there. And like I said, this is, this is a pretty exciting time. We've seen a lot of press up and down, even over the last 12 months, about rooftop solar and net metering. And it's not all roses and sunshine, but the forecast that we see for 
2024 looks pretty good. So I'm, I'm excited to see what uh, what future holds here. And as you heard from Graham in our conversation, PowerPair is a significant incentive available to new solar customers designed to further accelerate the electrification transition with solar and storage. I wanted to point out the specific incentives that are available under this program, including a 36 cent a watt incentive for solar panels limited to a max installed capacity of 10 kilowatts and capped at $3,600 per resident and a battery incentive of $400 per kilowatt hour limited to a maximum capacity of 13 and a half kilowatt hours. Additionally, customers could be eligible for an additional monetary incentive of $6.50 per kilowatt for battery storage each month in exchange for a minimum of 30 control events per year and maximum of 36 control events per year by Duke Energy in which they would be able to discharge the battery. While the program won't be around in perpetuity, it'll be a great boost to the industry and customers here in the near term. Hopefully, longer term based on the success of this program, we'll see the opportunity to advocate for a program like this to be available to all customers on an ongoing basis. For more information on PowerPair, we'll include a link in the show notes to some of Southern Energy Management's materials on their website. All right, and that's all for today's episode. Have ideas for future episodes or a burning clean energy question you want to see covered? Send me a note at mattabel at energync.org. And if you enjoy the podcast, please consider contributing or sponsoring today to help ensure we can continue to bring you great content like today's episode. Sponsorship opportunities and more can be found at energync.org forward slash the squeaky clean energy podcast. And episode 103 of the podcast is in the books. But before you leave, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share the pod on whatever platform you are listening in from. Sharing this podcast with your network and growing the friends of the pod helps us get just a little bit closer to our shared vision of a clean energy economy for North Carolina. All right, that's it. See y'all later.